0: Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast for Brain Fact Friday and episode number 139. On the fascinating discoveries that link math, literacy, and the brain together. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator from Toronto, Canada, now living in the United States, And like many of our listeners have been fascinated with learning and understanding the science behind high performance strategies in our schools, sports and modern workplaces of the future. If you've been listening to our podcast, you'll know that we've uncovered that if we want to improve our social and emotional skills and experience success in our work and personal lives, it all begins with an understanding of our brain. Our goal with this podcast is to bring the most current neuroscience research to you and make it applicable in your life, whether you're a teacher in the classroom, a parent homeschooling, or using these ideas to improve productivity and results in your workplace. The idea is that these strategies will give you a new angle and provide you with a new way of looking at learning results and productivity with the brain in mind. As I'm researching and uncovering new ideas, I'm also implementing them myself and making connections to past speakers so that we can all benefit from the research that's emerging in this new field of educational neuroscience. I want to first thank the listeners who've sent me messages through social media about how you're using these ideas in your schools, communities, and personal lives. It does help to know that these episodes are useful and how you're using this information, and that it's not just me who finds the intricacies of the brain and learning to be fascinating. Thanks so much for the messages. Back to this week's Brain Fact Friday. Did you know that there is a test called the finger gnosis test, where a child holds their fingers under the table and has to tell you which fingers you touch, and this test is a strong predictor of future mathematical ability. Dr. Ansari taught us this in our last episode, and that finger movement and counting are closely associated with the brain. David A. Sousa and his book, How the Brain Learns Mathematics, found that the region of the brain that controls finger movement is the same region associated with counting. And he thought it was interesting that finger movement and counting are closely associated in the brain. I asked Dr. Ansari what he thought about this, and he agreed there might be something to what David Sousa is thinking. This might explain why dyslexia a learning disorder that involves a difficulty with reading, and dyscalculia, a math learning disability where children struggle with number sense, are so closely related. Dr. Ansari mentioned that 50% of children who struggle with math also struggle with reading. The two go hand in hand. We did cover the societal significance of our children or students learning to read proficiently by third grade with last week's Brain Fact Friday, episode number 137, where we examined the math learning disability dyscalculia that's closely related to dyslexia. But here's a quick reminder of the importance of knowing why literacy is so important, especially understanding the implications of not staying on top of our children or students who might be struggling with the foundations of reading or mathematics at an early age. When we look at the statistics, the importance of developing the foundational skills of literacy is clear. Just a reminder two-thirds of students who cannot read proficiently by the end of fourth grade will end up in jail or on welfare over 70 percent of america's inmates can't read above a fourth grade level one in four children in america grow up without learning how to read at all students who don't read proficiently by the third grade are four times likelier to drop out of school and nearly 85 percent of the juveniles who face trial in the juvenile court system are functionally illiterate, proving that there's a close relationship between illiteracy and crime. When researching Dr. Ansari, I came across similar statistics for students who did not have the foundational skills in mathematics. Did you know that low numeracy skills are associated with physical illness, depression, and incarceration, Students with poor numerical and mathematical skills are also more likely to default on their mortgage payments than those with strong mathematical skills. Dr. Daniel Ansari's interview, number 138, provided many insights of the importance of understanding how the brain learns, but one of the most profound analogies he gave was about the importance of looking at the foundational competencies in mathematics to help students build a solid foundation to their learning so they build a strong foundation that's not at risk of collapsing. There is a clear case for ensuring our students are proficient readers by third grade. And we've just started to dive deep into strategies for struggling readers with episode 136 with the case study of Lois Letchford and how she helped her son to overcome dyslexia and graduate with his PhD from Oxford University. Since this episode was released, I've had many emails with stories and case studies to support innovation in this field, like Dr. Burton Clark, who sent me a story about beating the odds and overcoming dyslexia in the field of firefighting. We also can see the importance of developing the foundational skills in mathematics the core of reading, Dr. Ansari explains, is connecting sounds to letters or phonemic awareness that David Souza explains in depth in his how the brain learns to read series. And on episode 78, but the core of math, Dr. Ansari reminds us, is connecting quantity to symbols or knowing that three apples or the number three is also three apples, T-H-R-E-E. So what are the foundational reading skills that should be in place by third grade? David Sousa's How the Brain Learns to Read has a clear list on page 208 of his book, reminding us that teachers make a difference. Students of experienced teachers with knowledge of scientifically based methods had higher reading achievement scores than students of inexperienced teachers. Most researchers agree that these skills must be in place by third grade to ensure that students are able to cope with the increased difficulty in future grades. They must master the alphabet, read fluently, understand what students are reading, have strategies to sound out unfamiliar words, be confident in spelling, read almost any book in the elementary school library, Write almost anything that falls within a child's knowledge and experience and have an appetite for reading and writing. Now, we learned from our interview, number 136, with Lois Letchford, that learning to read doesn't come naturally for some children. It's a serious struggle. But our episode focused on some strategies to help students who do struggle with reading. And our next interview, coming in the third week of June, will feature Mikal Rika, the founder of the Now I Can Read program from Williston, Vermont, who has, in the past two decades, taught over a 1,000 students how to read. She'll share why she saw the need to create an online reading program for students that's greatly expanded her reach beyond what she was able to do working with students one-on-one. Her program helps students with more than reading, but also with the social and emotional aspect that comes along with a student who's struggling and who just wants to fit in with the other children in their class. Instructional strategies to help improve reading comprehension from David Sousa's How the Brain Learns to Read on page 99 to 101 of his book. Using graphic organizers, asking questions, summarizing, mental imagery, and paraphrasing. Now, what about the foundational mathematical skills that should be in place by third grade? When looking at the foundations to math that Dr. Ansari thinks are important to be in place by third grade, he reminded me that math is much more complicated than reading, and that many skills need to be in place. But he did think that number sense is very important. Students should understand quantities, concepts like more or less, larger and smaller, understanding the order in a line like first, second, and third. Understand that symbols like the number 7 represent quantities and mean the same thing as 7 written out, S-E-B-E-N. Making number comparisons, like 12 is greater than 10. Recognizing relationships between single items and group items, 7 means one group of 7 items. And understand fractions, proportions, multiplying, and dividing. Also, he mentioned the gradual process of finger counting to the mental process of adding and subtracting numbers. For instructional strategies, Dr. Ansari mentioned the six evidence-based strategies from the most recent report, Assisting Struggling Students with Mathematics. I'll put the image of the six strategies in the show notes, but I thought it was important to mention the importance of using number lines, since anytime an abstract concept can be visualized, it makes it easier for the student to understand. Lois Lutchford mentioned this with her work with her son, and that using a number line with the dates brought the maps they were studying to life. So to review and conclude this week's Brain Fact Friday, David Souza uncovered finger movement and counting to be closely associated in the brain. And Dr. Ansari spoke about finger gnosis and mathematical ability, and that it's widely known that finger gnosis, when a child holds their hand under a table and someone touches their fingers and says, which finger did I touch? The ability to perform this test well is a strong predictor of future mathematical ability. He also mentioned that even before brain scans, they knew from patients who had damage to the left hemisphere of the brain, the left angular gyrus, they became terrible at fingernosis and terrible at math. If you look at the diagram of the brain in the show notes, you'll see how close the angular gyrus is to the Wernicke area or the part of the brain that controls speech and the Broca's area also linked to speech production. This is where Dr. Ansari says, we know there's a connection here, but we just don't know the mechanism, which to me is the fascinating part of this work. Maybe next year, or maybe in three years time, neuroscience advancements will be made to show exactly what's happening in the brain when we're counting and using our fingers. But for now, we just know there's a connection and what it is, it remains to be discovered. I hope today's Brain Fact Friday has made you think like it's opened up my mind to all the possibilities that exist when we begin to study this powerful topic of the human brain. The next time you use your fingers to count something or you watch someone else doing this, remember that what you're saying and counting with your fingers are firing off pathways in your brain that are closely connected. I know we can't see this happening, but we can get a clear image of this happening in our mind. And with time, we'll learn even more about our brain and ways that we can use this information to improve our productivity and results. See you next week.